Grace 412 podcast listeners, it is part two of our series, What Are You Thinking? Uh, We started this last semester, just last week, going through this series because we talk about this reality that we have goals for the new year, we have uh, plans for the new year, we have things that we want to accomplish, things that we want to do, but as it says in Psalms, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Craig Groeschel says that you are always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so with that in mind, last week we started the new semester with this series, What Are You Thinking? We want to look at the book of Colossians, a book that is really all about Jesus, and we want to see the perspective that we should have as we think about God, as we think about ourselves, as we think about others, as we think about our circumstances. And so last week we answered what it is that we should think of when we think of God. Uh, Tonight we're going to be talking about what it is that we think about ourselves. You know, if I asked you, describe yourself in 30 seconds, what would you say? Before we get into scripture, let's just establish the reality that we are all self-centered people, right? It's part of our nature. We were designed for self-preservation. We were designed for survival. We were designed uh, to do what makes us safe. We were designed to keep ourselves comfortable, to do what makes us happy. But in our brokenness, um, we typically... uh, go too far and we gravitate towards one of two things. Typically, uh, in this design for self, we tend to, in our brokenness, struggle with either self-elevation or self-degradation. Simply put, we tend to either struggle with pride or with shame. And at the center of both of those issues is self right? And a lot of times we'll go back and forth. Sometimes we struggle with both even in the same day where we uh, think about ourselves uh, too highly or then we think about ourselves too lowly. We have really no balance, but at the core of all of this, we're typically thinking about ourselves. And so the question is not, do you think of yourself? Do we think about ourselves? But the question that's more important is, what is it that we're thinking of? when we think of ourselves. And so last week we ended uh, Colossians chapter 1 talking about the person of Jesus and what he does in and through us as a people. And so we made this statement compared to God's holiness, we are more helpless than we realize. And because of God's mercy, we are far more useful than we realize. And so what we're going to do is kind of unpack that thought now as we go back into the book of Colossians and we unpack what this means for all of us. And so we pick back up where we were last week, Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. The Bible says this, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And so that verse is just as beautiful this week as when we read it last week, the reality that we were lost in darkness, but we have been made a part of the family of God. It's a beautiful thought. But for a second, uh, I want to just look at uh, those of us that probably have a little bit of pride within us. And as we do this study, 
I want to acknowledge if you struggle with feelings of inadequacy or shame or insufficiency, or maybe you you say that you doubt that God loves you, the next couple of uh, statements and the next couple of minutes are going to be a little bit difficult for you to hear. But there is hope at the end, and so stay through to the entire study as we recognize the reality of both our pride and our shame and our need for redemption. Because the reality is when we think about this beautiful idea that we uh, were lost, we were broken, uh, sometimes we think about ourselves and we don't contextualize that brokenness. So let's just unpack this. The, The reality is that we have been redeemed, we have been restored, we have been remade. But also, let's recognize what that means. That means that we needed to be redeemed. We needed to be remade. We needed to be restored. We were in darkness, right? Colossians 1.13. But Colossians 1.13 isn't some one-off statement that Paul makes in the book of Colossians. You go to verse 21 and he says, you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, he is reconciled together. In Colossians 2, he goes on in verse 13, he says, you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh and he has quickened you together with him, having forgiven you of all trespasses. So for those like me that think I'm pretty good, for those like me that when we think about ourselves, we struggle with pride, the statement we need to remember is that first one, compared to God's holiness, we are far more helpless than we realize. We need to hear this. We need to recognize the gospel was doing just fine without us. We are not God's gift to the world. The church, the big C church, was doing just fine without us. The kingdom of God was doing just fine without us. Jesus started this a couple thousand years ago, and he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. He says, I will build this upon the gospel, upon the work that I have done. And that work continued, and that's why you look at Colossians 1 as he goes on talking about Jesus. Paul says, He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. See, Jesus is at the center of it all. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again you are not the main character of the redemption story. Jesus is. And so when you think about yourself, what is it that you think of? Do you think about yourself in pride? Or verses 12 through 14, is it with a spirit of thanksgiving and humility? See, pride leads to entitlement and laziness. I expect things to be done for me because I deserve. But humility leads to contentment and service. When I step back and go, God, I didn't deserve the grace that I have been given, that I've been shown, but since you've shown it, I just want to love you more. I just want to become more like Jesus. I just want to serve you more. I want to serve others more. It changes our perspective when we recognize we are not the main character of the redemption story. Jesus is because we begin to have that Colossians 1 perspective and we make it about him. And so a calibrating question for those that struggle with pride is this, do you focus on you more than you focus on Jesus? And so you say, wow, that is kind of heavy. Like, God doesn't need me. Like, I'm a worthless sinner, right? The kingdom of God is going to advance with or without me. The only thing I bring to the table is brokenness. So what's the point? Why even try? Why not just give up and get out of the way? And that's why the next statement is so important. Let's finish this out, and then we'll understand why it's true. Uh, Compared to God's holiness, we're far more helpless than we realize. Yes, but because of God's mercy... 
we are far more useful than we realize. If you have believed the gospel, these things are true for you. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, he says, He's delivered us from the power of his darkness. What? And he has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. We go back to verse 21 where he says, You were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, but now he has reconciled you. Uh, you go to verse 13 of chapter 2, and he says, You were dead in your sins and your uncircumcision in your flesh, but he has quickened you together. He's united you together with him. He has forgiven you of all trespasses. And then we go on in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. He took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. All of the brokenness that we could bring to the table was met with grace and mercy and love and forgiveness. All of the brokenness. Where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. And so for those that struggle with shame, can I remind you, there is nothing that you can do that will make God love you any more or any less. God's love for us is not contingent upon our performance. It is contingent upon His nature. And so when I think of myself, no, I shouldn't think of myself in terms of pride, but you know what else? I shouldn't think of myself in terms of shame either. When I think of myself, I should think of myself in light of the redeeming work of Jesus. And so a calibrating question for those of us that struggle with shame is the same question. It's do you focus on you more than you focus on Jesus? You see, when we struggle with pride, we think, man, I'm pretty good. Look at all the good stuff I've done. And when we struggle with shame, we think, man, I'm so bad. Look at all the bad stuff I've done. But God, through Paul in the entire book of Colossians, is saying, hey, no, stop and look at all the stuff that Jesus has already done. See, Jesus didn't just come to change what we do. He came to change who we are. And that's why Jesus called to the disciples wasn't change this, fix that, do this. No, he said, follow me. Stop what you're doing and follow me. And then he said, and the rest I'll take care of. I'll make you fishers of men. He says, I will show you how to live. Paul points to this, Colossians chapter 3. He says, so now if you're risen with Christ, seek the things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God the Father. He says, set your affection on things that are above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. He says, you're no longer living for this life. You're living for the next. He says, stop looking to the left or to the right. Stop looking within yourself. He says, look at what I'm doing. Do what I've called you to do. Look to me. Set your affection on what is eternal. Take the next right step. Make the next right move. Do the next right thing. So who are you? 30 seconds or less, how would you describe yourself to somebody else? What do you think of most often when you think of yourself? Would our response as people who have believed the gospel be, I am who God says that I am. I am who God is making me to be. I am a follower of Jesus. I am a child of God. And would our identity then impact our behavior? Would God use this to keep us on mission for his glory in our families, in this church, and in this world? That's how we make a kingdom impact, by looking at ourselves, not with pride or with shame, but with an absolute confidence in who God 
has made us to be and who God is making us to be for his glory and for his purpose. And so that's what we need to focus on this week as we think about ourselves. Do we think about you more than we think about Jesus? That's our goal, to think about Jesus first and foremost. So we'll do that this week, and then we'll come in next week and talk about what it is we're thinking about when it comes to others. We'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.